You're listening to Divorce Literacy with the Divorce Lending Association, a divorce podcast where we dig deep into issues of divorce that center around the marital home, other real property, and divorce mortgage planning, helping divorcing homeowners and their divorce team make more informed decisions regarding home equity solutions during and after divorce. I'm Don Mall. I'm with the Divorce Lending Association. I'm a certified divorce lending professional, and this is part of our Divorce Literacy podcast series. And today I'm excited. I'm with Christine Hammond. And Christine, if you would, I don't want to put words in your mouth, if you'd introduce yourself to our audience and, and what it is that you do. Sure. Thank you so much, Don, for having me as part of this. My name is Christine Hammond. I'm a licensed mental health therapist. And I work with all kinds of divorce clients, um, people who are in the process of thinking of and even post-divorce. So I serve many roles and many different hats. Um, during the divorce, I do something called collaborative divorce, where I'm the mental health neutral. We could talk a little bit more about that later. Uh, pre-divorce, I do therapy for people who are considering getting a divorce or a separation. And then post-divorce, I do things like reunification therapy and also parent coordination. So I have a couple different hats all within the divorce process. I I didn't realize that there were that many different stages uh, and, and, are, and different yeah. hats. Let, let me ask you, how did you get involved in uh, in your line of work? So it was kind of by accident. I just kind of fell into it one day. I was actually teaching and I found that I had a lot of students and even parents coming to me for advice. At some point in time, my husband said, um, we're going to get sued if you don't get some proper training. So I went back to school and got my license. And then once I started practicing, it became very apparent that I had the ability to work with what you would call high conflict clients, people who are rather difficult to work with for one reason or another, or have difficult family situations that most therapists don't like to deal with. And so I do like to do with that, deal with that. And that's how I wound up in this position. You, you know, you bring up you bring up a point there, and I I have found in talking just even amongst my own friends about marriage counseling um, and almost a stigma attached to it, and they they show hesitation. And so, what would you say would be maybe the most misunderstood idea or concept or belief about what it is that you do and in, in your role? So one of the biggest misunderstood things is that I'm going to actually tell you to get a divorce or stay married. I'm not going to do either. Like, I, and I tell everybody, I don't really have a dog in that fight. I, it doesn't, it, it's not really my place to tell you to do anything one way or the other. It's my position to show you what your options are and to help you with like some misperceptions or uh, insecurities that you might have either way of whether you're staying together in, in uh, making a decision that you're not going to get divorced or you are going to make a decision to go forward with divorce. And there's a lot of fear that's built into that. And so my job is to help people work through some of that. And what are the, what would you say are some of the biggest challenges 
that you have in your role with working with this clientele? Well, there are a lot of challenges, but I would say the biggest challenge um, that I have is when people come in and they they really um, are very stuck in their own way of thinking and, they're, and they aren't willing to see things from another perspective. Uh, and that's probably the most challenging thing to deal with um, because what winds up happening is in any situation, whether you're talking a friendship, a marriage, even a parenting situation, you have two people coming into an exact same situation, but they very often walk away with very different perceptions of what just happened. And, and if one person is stuck believing all the time that, that their perception is the only accurate perception, everybody else's is wrong, then, then that's what becomes the most difficult part of my process. Mm. You mentioned early, early on about, uh, you said the word collaborative. Now, that is uh, something that many people have not heard of uh, collaborative in the in divorce process. So would you be so kind as to share uh, with the listeners about the collaborative process and what that entails and what the benefits of the collaborative process are? I would love to. So there are many different ways that you can get divorced. Um, the first way is what we call the kitchen table way where you sit down at the kitchen table and the two of you decide in a very amicable fashion how you're going to divvy things out and you file your own paperwork um, through the courthouse yourself. Uh, that's fine if you don't have a lot of assets or children, like that method works quite well. But if you do have assets and children, that method usually does not work out very well. Then we have the next method of getting a divorce, which is you hire a mediator um, usually with attorneys. So each of you has an attorney and then you hire a mediator to help settle the disputes. And that can be effective. However, a lot of times, sometimes everything can't get done in one mediation. And then you have two, three, even four mediations later. Probably the most expensive way to get a divorce is for both of you to hire lawyers and then go litigate it. And um, trying to get some hearing time in front of a judge, doing depositions, um, and getting discovery and all that goes along with a very litigious process. My longest running case now that has gone through a divorce is six years. And I've had more than one case, unfortunately, make it past the six year or six years yep, to litigate it and actually get divorced. Whoa. And so, yep, it's it's a real shame and it takes quite a, it's a lot of money, time and energy. So then the last, effort, uh, the last way is through the collaborative process. And in that process, um, each of the parties has their own attorney. Um, and then you have someone like myself who serves as the mediator on the mental health neutral. Uh, my job is to kind of keep things um, at a very even keel uh, to make sure that we're moving along in the process to help direct and guide um, what needs to be done. And then you also have a financial neutral, which I think is probably the best benefit to this process, because you have one person who's looking at all the finances and, and they really help to provide like good ways and good solutions for moving forward. And as a team, because we function as a team in the collaborative process, we all sit around a table together, we talk and we come up with solutions that are probably more creative than what you could come up with in mediation and even way more creative than what you would ever find in litigation. Because in litigation, a judge is just going to divide the baby, as we say, so split everything in half. But in collaboration, 
you have an opportunity if one person wants to keep the house. Well, we have other ways of of making sure that there is an equitable distribution for the other spouse who does not want to keep the house. So we were able to do things that a little bit more creatively than what you could do out in any of the other ways. And it's all of us working together to come up with those solutions. You know, it just again, talking amongst my my personal social circles, no one's ever heard of collaborative. They look at me yeah. like, what is collaborative? Never heard of it. Why do you think that is? And what do you think the biggest challenge is uh, for the collaborative community to get the get the word out, so to speak? We have a couple of challenges. Like it, it is a process that's been around for a little bit, but not not as long as mediation and definitely not as long as litigation. And so because of that, we have quite the hill to climb. The other reason is like through the collaborative process, like most of my collaborative divorces last less than a year. And so we are able to get things done. I had one case where we got it done in three months, which was a really good time frame. And I mean, from start to end, done in three months, the parties were divorced. And, and that just doesn't happen in many other ways of getting a divorce. Um, and so, but along with that, means that there's not a lot of fees that are going around either. And so um, you have the fees for all of the parties that are participating. But if you're only working on something for three months as opposed to six years, you can imagine that everybody's fees are way less. Uh, And so for some people, the idea that they can make more money by dragging out a divorce is one of the things that is a hurdle for us to climb through the collaborative process. Mm. Um, you know, you, you mentioned about bringing in the, the different professionals. Um, I have personally, because I have been involved in, a, in a, a few cases now, collaborative cases, but have you seen where uh, the team has actually incorporated a uh, divorce mortgage planner into the process? Yeah. So we have had that. In fact, I just got done um, working on a case and and we had to bring somebody in for that very reason, because we had one one spouse who wanted to keep the house, uh, the other spouse who did not want to keep the house. And in order to be able to make that happen, we had to have um, a mortgage planner come in and, and work out what the options were for us, because we don't know necessarily what the options are. And, and they have way more variety of plans and ideas than what we could come up with. So, yes, I have done that before. Well, that's it's just earlier today. I received a call from someone who um, the the uh, settlement agreement had already been signed, and now her options for trying to refinance her marital home were severely hampered. And mm-hmm. so she said, "Why didn't I know about this before?" I said, "Well, um, it's it's on us." from the Divorce Lending Association to create the awareness, very similar to the collaborative community trying to create awareness that there, there is a better way. There are professionals that can help you through the process so that your homeownership eligibility isn't going to be uh, an issue, especially after you've signed that legally binding agreement. So, uh, right. so that's, uh, exactly. so that's good to hear that. Yeah. You know about that. So um well, uh, so if uh, someone were to, you know, if they say, hey, you know, this Christine sounds great, how would they go about getting a hold of you? 
So I work at Psychological Affiliates, um, which is over in Winter Park. And so you can Google psychologicalaffiliates.com. Um, you can also look me up on my own website, which is growwithchristine.com. Uh, and it's all my email is the same, growwithchristine at gmail.com. Growwithchristine at okay, gmail.com. Okay. All right. Well, I can't thank you enough for investing your time with me. I certainly appreciate it. And uh, I know that the listeners will find this information uh, very helpful. So uh, I will, uh, I will at this point sign off and anything, any final words to our, uh, to our listeners? No, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Divorce Literacy. Discover more strategies and solutions on divorce mortgage planning at divorcelendingassociation.com.